Our youth ministry here at FPC is grounded in the belief that every young person here is a gift from God to the whole community. The response from the community is to nurture and guide and support them as they walk through their faith journeys. Equally important, we're here to support the parents as well. Our parents have made the promise to raise these students as followers of Christ, but they're not to do that alone. In every baptism, we promise as a community to support the parents and be a part of their lives of each child. Just as parents are not meant to walk this journey alone, youth ministry is not meant to do it alone either. We rely on our volunteers, and we have an amazing group of them here who participate in every aspect of the ministry. They help to show our students that they are welcomed into this church community and that they are purposeful in this community. We always need more volunteers, so if you have a tugging on your heart to work with youth, please contact myself or Preston or Becky, and we are happy to talk with you about that. Today, you're going to hear some sermons from our seniors that are up here, who we are very, very proud of. They've all walked their faith journey here, and they've experienced a multitude of different parts of the FPC community. Some have been in children's ministry and children's choir growing up, family events and retreats, volunteering with other ministries and missions, assisting in worship and other programs, and each one made the decision to become a covenant partner here at FPC through confirmation. Each sermon will be a little bit different, but what I want you to remember is that all these students were given was a scripture prompt. We ask them to take that, to share their knowledge of that, and how it applies to their life with no other guidance unless they had questions. These sermons are beautiful, and they didn't need much help at all. So as we move on into our sermon, uh, we're gonna have Tucker come up and read our scripture for us and get started. Genesis 1, 26 to 31. Then God said, let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the heavens, and over the livestock, and over all of the earth, and over and every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them, and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, and fill the earth, and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the heavens, and over every single living thing that moves on the earth. And God said, Behold, I have given you every plant yielding seed every, uh, that is on the face of all the earth, and every tree with seed and its fruit. You shall have them for food, and to every beast of the earth, and to every bird of the heavens, and to everything that creeps on the earth. Everything that has the breath of life, I have given every green plant for food. And it was so. And God said, saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. And there was evening and there was morning the sixth day. Right. So my name is Tucker and I go to Alma Heights High School and I'm a senior and this is my senior sermon. So it's weird to think that a God with such abundant power and a group of eight billion people to purposefully care for can be so purposeful in the creation of one person's life. I for one have been enormously blessed by the life that I was given by the Lord. I've gotten to grow up in a loving, caring, and thoughtful family, to whom I owe everything. Now, this verse specifically talks about being made in the image of God. We have the ability to think, create, communicate, understand, and to experience relationships with one another and with God. 
It also specifies that we as humans, man and woman, have the ability to represent God as we exercise authority over all of creation. The two most influential people in my life, my parents, have shown me time and time again what it means to live life as a Christian. Through aspects of compassion, faithfulness, joyfulness, kindness, humbleness, and multiple other traits, I've gotten to take note how I want to live and grow as an adult. My parents have this daily devotional known as Richly Dwelling, where over the course of four years, they have been dissecting the Bible and sharing their discoveries. And I think this illustration serves as a great example as to how we as Christians can live out a, full, a life full of purpose and full of faith. In their meditations, they ask multiple questions. And one that resonated with me for this specific portion of the Bible is this. Consider how everything in your world is cultivated from creation. Buildings, cars, clothes, accessories, technology. Everything comes from God's creation. How can you bear God's image in stewarding his creation for his glory? This is a complicated question to answer. I would say the most simple way for me or for anyone to bear God's image is to devote more time to learning about him so that we can be better stewards of his word. And how can we be better stewards of his word if we don't spend more time with it? We as humans were made by God to be very good. But because of the fall, sin entered the world and darkness can be found among us. But God still loves and cares for every single one of us. And he sent his son to die on the cross for our sins. He has quite literally given his children the entire world. And he has given me an array of things to help me live out my purpose. I have been blessed with a longing for justice, an empathetic heart, a competitive nature like no other, and the ability to love and care for those around me. It is incredible to think that I get to have these abilities because our sweet, loving God gave them to me. How special is that? All of this knowledge of everything I have been gifted by God has given me the confidence to start the next chapter of my life. As I flip through the pages and peek back in my childhood, I see how God implanted his people, this church, into my life to make me the person I am today. This community has given me a multitude of opportunities and lessons as to what it means to live in a community of faith and why that is so important in the development of a strong Christian. Through confirmation, Bible study, Sunday school, the sweet, sweet people I see every day, every Sunday at service, I have learned that our purpose is to serve the Lord that gave us life and to do it with grace and compassion. Now, as I enter the next phase of my life, I will carry this with me and intentionally seek out a faithful community of believers who share a love for the Lord like those of you at this church. We were formed by God, who is the creator. Through his word, God created life and his spirit directed life. All of creation is made up of, and its foundation is in God's benevolence, and it still remains. Creation continues to proclaim the goodness of God. I proclaim the goodness of God because he has given me purpose and blessed me in so many ways. Thank you for allowing me to speak and share with all of you today. Hello, my name is Darden Page. I'm currently a student at Alma Heights High School and I will be attending Washington and Lee in the fall. Throughout time, one of the most highly debated and unanswerable questions has to do with the element of purpose. Is life endowed with a specific purpose for humanity? If so, what is that purpose? Is it one we must discover or one we must foster? 
one we, we must project, or one we must internalize? The truth about these many questions, though, and lies in one crucial entity. What we know about purpose is the same as any other supposed truth of the world. We don't. You cannot prove purpose with the discovery of an equation, nor can you write a rule that defines it. Without evidence, there is no proof. At least that is what science tells us. Yet here we approach the pivotal point to our understanding of our world, the limitation of man. Upon the earth's creation, the Lord said, let us make mankind in our image and our likeness so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals and over all the creatures that move along the ground. Yet our society seems to dispose of this foundation on our scripture, determined to discover the depths of all understanding in our world without it. Although, as it is written, we are made as a reflection of the Lord, created in his image, not the Lord himself. So what causes us to feel the pressure to assume what only he can understand, to try and attempt to achieve a discovery of purpose without his aid? If we were soul-standing human beings, we would be all-knowing, yet contrary to what we may believe, we are not. That is why I'm here today, not standing here telling you your purpose, but instead telling you how to find it. The answers lie within the Lord, for no one, not even myself, can discover purpose without his guidance. Throughout a large portion of my life, I wanted to trust that the Lord's purpose for my life was one and the same as the purpose I desired, success, attention, praise, and perfection. Yet what we do to impress our world when follow the will of a reflection of God, not God himself, purpose becomes an aspect so complex, I don't believe any human capable of finding it. For myself, it was this realization that saved me, the realization that my plan is not necessarily God's will. Each and every one of us is wrapped up in the idea of being seen by the world. Out of anyone, I certainly understand the feeling. We praise those whose names we can recall, the people we designate to our books and history. Although, is it really of worth to be seen by the world when its alternative is so much greater? The Lord not only sees us, but loves, protects, and guides us into an intricately planned purpose for our lives. All it takes is the acceptance of this factor, the final resolution to our attempt to place ourselves as the commander of our own lives. Now, it is certainly scary. I constantly struggle with resisting my stubborn desire to put faith in my own judgment above the judgment of God. That control is tempting. It is tempting to place the unknown above what we ourselves can certify. Safety seems so appealing. Yet I would like to raise a question to that. Are we really safer in avoiding risk, dodging the opportunity to speak out for justice, leaning away from the, resigning from the job that has consumed you, are we really safer to follow a step-by-step -step guideline to our lives, perfect families, a perfect status, even a seemingly perfect faith? Christians, we fail to see the obvious. God is with us. God is with us. The heavenly Lord is by our side. Every moment, every day, every instant of time, he is with us. What life can we live safer than the one beside the creator of man? There is no life of such a security, and that is how the Lord intended it. He wants us to depend on him, 
You are not here to create a purpose for your life. You are here to find it, and to find it from the very one who designed it. For that is the meaning of life. Put on here, put on this earth, not to be remembered, but to be prepared for eternity. Hi there, I am Alden Jonas and I am a senior at Alma Highs. I have been here at First Pres since I was four years old and I was confirmed here four years ago. Since the theme today is God make us purposeful, it has reminded me of, my, of many parts of my eighth grade faith statement I gave. I am autistic and I know that God had made us this way, that way for a purpose. My older brother, William, is, is more severe and autistic, and I was fully believed well, on purpose. I am here is helping him through life. I can understand many of his needs before others can and help. This church has shown me and my family love and support in so many ways that God loves Israel. Come to the church on Sundays is just a small part of God's love. Be involved of here in Children's Choir, Vacation Bible School, Los Officious, CAM, and High School Bible Studies are just a few ways I've been involved. One time when I was working at Los Officious, there was a gentleman with his dog. I remember that this gentleman has such a joy in him, to him. God, I said to him, God bless you, and he replied back to me, God had definitely blessed me. This has stuck with me all the time, how a person with so little has so much joy. I have working with so many people in a group with our church and outside, as well as which have reminds me of one of my favorite benedictions. You go nowhere by accident. Wherever you go, God is sending you. Whatever you are, God has put you there. God has a purpose. He is in your being there. Christ is living you and has something he wants to do. Through you, whatever you are, believe in this and you go in the grace and love and power of Jesus Christ. God has put me in these places and with the people who have blessed me throughout my time here at church. People like Virginia Monroe, Al Nelson, Catherine Corley, and Amy and Linda Delano, as well as Lana Culp. Each of these people has spent time with me since I was really young till now, showing me God's love. Whatever is singing with me in, in vacation Bible school, listen to the scriptures and understanding God's word or just going out to lunch. It's all about the connections. Probably the best ways God has shown his love for me and my family is when, when I was about three years old. My parents we're going through a divorce, and my mom and two brothers and sister, and I moved in with my grandmother. She was always there for me, for us as special events, breakfast, dinners, cookouts, trips to my sister's college graduation, and even campouts with us in the tent at Kerbal State Park. We spent the next 14 and a half years with her until she died on July 2021 at 93 years old. Again, it's all about the connections. This next year has bring a lot of opportunities for me. I will be involved in the Alma Heights Connects program next year, which explores 
many job opportunities that I like my like down on the road. And I hope to get into the Aggie G program, which is the following year, which is the four-year college program at Texas A&M College Station for kids like me. My goals are to be a teacher's aide or vet tech at this point, but I am still open. I know that I can trust in God by praying, visiting, and reaching out to people such as family and friends and asking questions if I am frustrated, scared, or I just don't understand things. I know that even the unanswered prayer is might be a not not now answer. I know where I go and where I will be in the future will not be by accident. God is sending me there. God has a purpose for me. At high school graduation this year, I will be giving a speech. It will surprise no one. I have thrown myself into what feels like every organization on campus, campaigned for class office, and begged people to join the club I started. So when I get on stage in a few weeks and talk about how far we've come, how proud we should be, and blah, 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 it is likely someone will lean over to their friend and say, this girl again? However. As I'm speaking to the beautiful congregation in front of me this morning, I'm sure some of you are questioning who I am. I don't blame you. For the past four years, I have not given my faith the same attention as I gave everything else in my life. And sure, part of it is because I was busy or too tired on Sunday mornings, but really, I was scared. My name is Paige, by the way, and I'll tell you why. From fifth grade Sunday school to eighth grade confirmation, I always felt out of place. All the other girls arrived on time, consistently showed up each week. Um, they sat quietly, they didn't interrupt, and didn't ask dumb questions. They were good disciples. However, I showed up maybe once a month, chatted during the lesson, and said things like, how do we know Jesus wasn't lying? My questions and imperfections made me feel like a bad follower of God, and they still do. After the Easter service a few weeks ago, I went to brunch with my family and asked them to remind me of the story of Easter. I had forgotten the details. My fears of being wrong at church made me simply not go. My anxieties then only amplified over time, and it became a vicious cycle, which has led me to where I am right now, confused. But the church is welcoming and forgiving enough to let me speak in front of you today. Reverend Fuller reminds us each time we attend church that we are not here by accident. And I want to plagiarize this line today. Because the scripture we are looking at resonated with me, and I hope it sinks in with you too. Genesis 1.27 states, God created mankind in his own image. So who am I to say that I'm not good enough to go to church? The creator of all of us, the Lord whom we gather to worship, and the reason we are here today believes and knows that you and I are good enough. Although, yes, we are imperfect, the Lord shows that he loves us with our imperfections and not in spite of. We are worthy. Further, Genesis 1.31 reads, God saw all that he had made, and it was very good. He saw me and my sins and acknowledged that I was good. So I hope you know that it is no accident you are hearing this today. You, too, are good. 
Knowing that the Almighty God has created me in his image to execute his will, I will view my insecurities differently. Am I loud and distracting? Or do I have just the right amount of enthusiasm and energy to embody the love of God? Is he quiet and shy, or is he a great listener and one who does not need the praise? Is she intense and intimidating, or is she fierce and loyal? Every single aspect of you is a gift from God, and you are the only one who has each of these gifts. I certainly still am confused, and I'm still not a perfect Christian, but I know that the Holy Spirit within me is perfect, and I can remember that and channel it into my actions as I move to the next chapter of my life. Next year, I will be attending Wake Forest University in North Carolina. It's scary. I don't know anyone. I'll be a thousand miles from home, and I'm expected to pass my classes. It seems impossible, but as we just established, I have everything I need to succeed. I want to repeat what I've already said to make sure it sticks with you when I leave. The scripture states, God saw all that he had made, and it was very good. He made you. You are very good. Thank you.